Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Welcome to Growing in Grace. My name is Victor Morrison. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Columbus, Texas. It's always a joy for me to meet with you. I have something that I would like to share with you from 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 to 25. This was in my own personal devotion time this morning, and it really fed me. And so I got to thinking, perhaps there, there are others out there that may need to hear this fresh word from the Lord. It concerns whenever we need a breakthrough. Do you need a breakthrough? You know, I got to looking that word up, breakthrough. What does it really mean? So I went to three dictionaries that are, that are kind of the ones I go to. Uh, the first one was Merriam-Webster, and it said, uh, breakthrough is when you have a sudden advance. It could be a person's first notable success. It's when you move through an obstacle. It's when you pass through a barrier. In terms of military strategy and so forth, it would be an offensive military assault that penetrates and carries beyond a defensive line. But then I went to the Cambridge Dictionary and it said it, it's a, a breakthrough is an important discovery or event that helps to improve a situation or provide an answer to a problem. And then last of all, I thought Britannica Dictionary had an additional thought that you could lay aside all of that. And that is, a breakthrough is an important discovery that happens after trying for a long time to understand or explain something. So you put all of that together and you think, okay, there's definitely some kind of an obstacle. There's a barrier. There's some kind of thing that's standing there and you try and you try, you try for a long time. And a breakthrough happens whenever you're able to go through that and it doesn't continue to be a problem. It's like it said in the Cambridge Dictionary, you improve a situation. There is an answer that is provided to the problem. Do you have any problems? I got to thinking, well, more than likely, everyone has problems of some kind in this fallen world. So let's think about what do we need whenever we need a breakthrough? I think we need what David experienced whenever God helped him to break through. I don't know if you've read this passage before, but what's happening is David had reigned as the king over the tribe of Judah for seven years in a place called Hebron. But finally, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, he actually is uh, anointed or he went through a coronation as king over all of Israel, so all 12 tribes. And so it was definitely an expansion of his authority and of his leadership and so forth. So I want us to uh, look at this together. Let me read through the passage. It's not a long one, actually, and it's filled with lots of action. And we're going to break it down, and I'll give you sort of 
some of the principles, if you really are needing a breakthrough, how can we experience a breakthrough like David did because of what God does on our behalf? Here's what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal-perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there. And David and his men carried them away. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up. Go around to the rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself. For then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. Wow, I don't know how that speaks to your heart, but I couldn't write fast enough this morning whenever those things were coming across my heart. What got my attention was where David said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. So picture a dam that's beginning to crack, beginning to crack, and suddenly it just busts open. And then all of a sudden, the water is flowing through. That's what he describes uh, as he's saying, the Lord worked in such a powerful way whenever these Philistines were coming over to attack him. So let's put it in our lives. And you think not so much about David, but think about yourself. The first thing I noticed was the opportunity for progress with the Lord. The opportunity for progress with the Lord. You know, as we're going through life, God suddenly blesses us. And it's like things are moving forward. All these tribes, it says, are coming together, the 12 tribes. And uh, so it's just amazing because before David became the king, there was another king and his name was Saul. And things were kind of stalled under King Saul. They weren't moving forward. But now it's like David is there. He's in the position God wants him to be in. And so it's like God's ready, he's ready, the people are ready, and yet what happens next? That's what I wanted to bring out secondly. We saw the opportunity for progress with the Lord. Maybe that's you, and things have been going well, but now something other than opportunities are there. How about this one, opposition? Secondly, we see the opposition to the purposes of the Lord. It says here, all the Philistines went up to search for David. They weren't saying, hey, David, can we go and have a latte together? 
or hey David, can we go and uh, enjoy vacation together? Maybe at a beach somewhere, or let's go to the mountains. That wasn't what they were searching for him about. But David, it says, heard of it, went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. There's several things I didn't want to just let it pass by you really quickly. One was, you know, the Philistines in general. Do you know that in 1 Samuel, we're in 2 Samuel, but in 1 Samuel, the, the Philistines were just this recurring enemy to the people of Israel over and over. As a matter of fact, there are 100 references to the Philistines just in the book of 1 Samuel. And here they are again now in 2 Samuel. Oh, they came against uh, Israel whenever Saul was the king, but now they got a new king. Well, it doesn't matter because they're still coming against uh, the people of Israel. But as long as David was a rebel and running from King Saul, who was always chasing him for no apparent reason, then the Philistines were like, well, David's no threat. He's just down there in Hebron. He's just leading a small group of people, but not now. Now that he's the king, they perceive David to be more of a threat. He has more authority, more of a place of influence and so forth. And so all five of the Philistine city-states, they united to bring him down. And they united in this place called the Valley of Rephaim. The Valley of Rephaim means the Valley of Giants. And so isn't it interesting? I know last time we looked at you know, uh, Goliath, the giant. But did you know that uh, Goliath had three brothers? In 2 Samuel 21, just a few chapters later, David will have to fight those guys as well. And uh, so will his men. But what I wanted to get at is in life, because every Christian has the flesh to contend with on the inside, we have the world to contend with out there, but we also have the devil who's constantly trying to come against us. We have those three enemies. And so I wanted you to know that there's always going to be opposition to the purposes that the Lord has planned. So what should we do whenever we feel like we're under attack? Well, here's the third thing. You offer up prayers to the Lord. That's exactly what David did. And look what happened for, for him. It says here in verse 19, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? You know, um, in the book of James, it says in James chapter four and verse two, uh, you do not have because you do not ask. I wonder sometimes if we've, we experience defeat in our Christian life because we're not just talking to God and asking him, would you have me to go into battle? Have you ever heard of Frances J. Crosby? You might know her better as Fanny Crosby. She wrote a poem called Victory Through Grace. It's a powerful poem, let me tell you. If we have time, maybe I'll read it at the end. But I wanted to read you the, uh, the chorus that she says over and over again uh, throughout the three stanzas of the uh, poem. It says, not to the strong is the battle, nor to the swift is the race. Yet to the true and the faithful, victory is promised through grace. You see, that's why we pray, right? 
We pray because we don't win our own battles in the energy of the flesh. We win whenever we talk to God and say, God, I need more grace. Lord, I need your intervention. And so that's why David is making sure that he's doing what God would want him to do. He's saying, Lord, I have two questions here. One is, would you have me to go and take these Philistines on? That's one question. But the second question was also significant. That's what I'm going to do if you give me the green light. But Lord, I would also like to know, what do you plan to do? I think that's a valid question, right? Well, let's move to the fourth thing, because I think we see, fourthly, how he was operating in the Lord's power. He was operating in the Lord's power. Verses 20 and 21 describe this when it talks about how David came to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there, and he said, the Lord has broken through broken through my enemies. There's the breakthrough, right? Broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perazim. I got to thinking, why does it say, therefore, the place is called Baal Perazim? So I went to make sure that uh, that was correct and make sure what's, what's he trying to say? Do you know that Baal Perazim means Lord of breaches? Not Lord of Breaches, <laughs> Lord of Breaches, Lord of Breaches. It means the master or the possessor of those breaches where there are breakthroughs and where there can be found relief from something that's holding everything back. So I thought that was so powerful. You know, it says, and the Philistines left their idols there and David and his men carried them away. The Philistines left their idols there. You know, it makes me wonder if maybe they thought, they assumed that their idols were going to ensure that they had victory over David and all the armies of Israel. But you know what? Those idols, they're not really gods anyway. And so they did not help the people. As a matter of fact, the people ran off and left the idols sitting there. And then it says, David and his men carried them away. Now, it could be that you might sort of have a question in your mind. They carried them away. Did they take them to their houses? Did they take them to their temple so that they could worship? Well, sometime you might want to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 14 because 1 Chronicles 14 gives us sort of like a stereo uh, surround sound of 2 Samuel chapter 5. Same exact event. Same details are recorded, only it gives us one additional detail that's very important. You know what it says? After those men uh, carried away the idols, what did they do with them? First Chronicles 14, 13 says, David instructed them to burn the idols. They got rid of them. They weren't going to worship them. They didn't help anyway because the Philistines lost. God gave the victory and God can give us victory as we call upon him, as we say, okay, Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So we need God to be working his power through us. That's the only hope of glory we have is God's grace, God's power working through us. So that's the fourth one, but let's go to the fifth one. So they won a great victory, right? So now we're done with that. 
We don't have to worry about those Philistines anymore. Well, that's not exactly what the text says. We also know from just life, right? Just because you get through one problem and one difficulty, does that mean you'll never have any more difficulties? No, it doesn't. It says in verse 22, and the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. What? They're back. Oh, no. And so that's why I wanted to just continue to remind you that we have these enemies that are going to oppose what God wants to do in our lives. And those enemies are the flesh, the world, and Satan. They're always going to be trying to gum up what the Lord wants to do. And so I wanted you to know, fifthly, that the oppression from these enemies, it just is persistent. It seems like it continues to come. It might not come tomorrow, next week, next month, or whenever, but I'm just saying we have to always be vigilant. We have to always stay alert in the Christian life, always saying, Lord, help me to suit up in the armor. Help me to walk with Christ today because I don't want to miss any opportunities that you have for me today. So now that these uh, Philistines are back, so what, what's David going to do now? Well, he does the same thing. I think it's interesting how he does not presume that God's going to help him without him asking. And so it says he goes back to the Lord again. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go. What? Wait a minute. These guys are coming over toward David. And God says, don't go out there like you did last time and meet them in a full frontal assault there. No. You see, order's not presumption towards him, but there's also one other lesson that I think is packed in 2 Samuel 5, verse 23. And that is, sometimes God wants us to do the opposite of the previous. What was it he said to do last time? Sometimes that's do the same exact thing, but other times God says, you know what? Don't go and face them from the front. I want you to circle behind them and come at them a surprise attack from behind. Let me finish reading the rest of the verse. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go up, go around to the rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. Wow. You see, I think that sometimes even a believer in Christ, even a disciple who wants to do God's will, we may not intend to do this, but I think we can live presumptuously. And so David was not presumptuous about success. Just because he beat the Philistines last time did not mean uh, he's not even going to pray this time. He's just going to run out there and yell, swing that sword, throw that spear, shoot the arrows. No, he's not going to do that. He says, he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord says, I don't want you to go up. Not like, not like you did last time. This time we're going to use a different strategy, which brings me to the second point of this. David was not presumptuous about success, nor was he presumptuous about strategy strategy. You see, there's not just one way to win a battle. There are many ways. And so the Lord said, you're not going from the front this time. 
You're going to circle around and you're going to come in from the back door. Wow. There's something there that I've learned in my life that God can be innovative. Yeah, maybe we like to do things the same way. Hey, listen, if anybody does a lot of things the same way, it's me. My friends that I used to uh, serve with in Japan, they used to call me Mr. Vanilla because when we were in Japan, the highlight was going to Baskin Robbins ice cream whenever we were in the big city. And so we were always excited, but they were so disappointed every single time when they would order all these, you know, triple chocolate, uh, you know, cappuccino things. And I would say, I would like vanilla, please. And they're like, ah, come on, Mr. Vanilla. Well, sometimes God wants us to launch out from that comfort zone where we've always been. And he says, we're going to do a new thing. And here's what we're going to do. So anyway, just don't presume that it's got to be the same way that it's always been. Well, uh, let me give you one last thing, and that is to observe his prompts and to obey his plans. Observe God's prompts and obey God's plans. Let me tell you how the story ends in verses 24 and 25. God says to David, and when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. Isn't that incredible? So what is, what is the lesson that we're trying to glean from this that we can apply in our lives? Well, I would think definitely the lesson has to do with staying, staying in sync with God. Timing is very important, whether it's in music, whether it's in sports, whatever you're doing, timing can be very, very important. I learned timing was important even when I used to work in a factory uh, where my mom worked in Tennessee. I would try to flip a piece of foam too early and it wouldn't work right. And so we have to realize, wait a minute, I've got to time this just right or it's going to cause more grief. That's what I mean by observe God's prompts. So stay in sync with the Lord's timing, but also apply and do carry out the Lord's plans. What did God tell him to do? Well, wait until you hear the sound of the balsam trees. And then David, you and the guys are just going to have to arouse yourselves, get up and go and fight this battle. And you know what it says? That's exactly what they did. David did as the Lord commanded him, struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. I thought about that. I thought, how far is that? So I looked it up in a Bible dictionary. That distance was somewhere between 15 to 20 miles away. That's a long time to uh, be, you know, chasing after an enemy and so forth. But what I think is important here is to remember how the battle was won. You know, I promised you that I would read uh, Fanny Crosby's poem if I had enough time at the end. I think we've got just enough. Let me read that to you because I think it summarizes exactly what we're learning here about breakthroughs. The poem goes like this, conquering now and still to conquer, rideth the king in his might, leading the host of all the faithful into the midst of the fight. See them with courage advancing, 
clad in their brilliant array, shouting the name of their leader, hear them exultingly say, not to the strong is the battle, not to the swift is the race, yet to the true and faithful victory is promised through grace. Conquering now and still to conquer, who is this wonderful king? Whence are the armies which he leadeth, while of his glory they sing? He is our Lord and Redeemer, Savior and Monarch divine. They are the stars that forever bright in his kingdom shall shine. Not to the strong is the battle, not to the swift is the race, yet to the true and the faithful victory is promised through grace. Conquering now and still to conquer, Jesus, thou ruler of all, thrones and their scepters all shall perish, crowns their splendor shall fall. Yet shall the armies thou leadest, faithful and true to the last, find in thy mansions eternal rest when their warfare is past. Not to the strong is the battle, not to the swift is the race, yet to the true and the faithful Victory is promised through grace. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Sums it all up. Listen, I was so excited to share that with you today. I hope that this passage from 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 down through 25, has brought hope to you. Perhaps you're feeling discouraged or overwhelmed. Perhaps you've been waiting a long time at some barrier some kind of uh, hurdle that's there. I want you to know that God can see you through this. It may not happen today. It might happen today. But what we have to say is, Lord, the battle is yours. Lord, do you want me to go forward? Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? These are very important questions. It all begins by turning it over to him and then by doing exactly what he says when he says it. Well, I'm so glad you were with us again today. Let me uh, close in a word of prayer. I'd like to pray for you. I don't know what each of you are facing out there, but I would like to pray just in a general way. But as I'm praying in a general way, why don't you agree with me in a specific way? And you lift up whatever it is that you're facing in your life. Lord, I thank you so much that it is not to the strong in the battle. It's not to the swift in the race. It is to the true and faithful that victory is promised through grace. I thank you that your word says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Your word says that you always lead us in triumph through Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us as we go through our day, as we go through our week, as we go through the remainder of this month and the remainder of the year. Help us, O Lord, to turn our battles over to you, to ask you for wisdom, to ask you for intervention, especially when we're facing those obstacles, Lord. I know that nothing is too difficult for you. And so please bless my friends today. Lord, minister to them and help them have strength that is not from themselves. Lord, I know there are always uh, battles that we must fight in this life and in this world. And so please minister to them uh, and help them And so, Father, I just thank you again so much for your love, for your grace. And I just pray in Jesus' name that you would guide us as we go through the rest of our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.